Greetings, everyone, one and all, nerds, geeks, people, pets. <laughs> Who else is listening? I don't know. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, the weekly dose of geeky goodness. It is September 15th, 2019. This is going to be podcast 742. Uh, this week, um, I've changed things a little bit. I I was going to talk about Star Trek records that... Um, you know, they way back uh, in the in the just the TOS rerun era, you know, when there was no new track before Star Wars, uh, they put out these records of Star Trek. But I realized <laughs> I thought I had done a podcast and I did do a podcast about it uh, a little while back. I still might revisit the topic and I only briefly kind of covered it uh, back in like 2016. I think it was I did a little search on my previous podcast and I thought it seemed familiar anyway. Doesn't matter. Uh, but what we are going to do, we're going to do a classic style show. I It's been a very long time since I've done one of those and have covered a Trek episode. That's usually what I mean when I say a classic style show. So we're going to cover an episode from TNG called The Loss, which is probably not the greatest TNG episode, although I feel like I've probably covered the greatest TNG episodes already on the podcast. You know, I, I I pick and choose. I don't go numerical order or anything like that. So this one I think is from, I think it's a season four one. I'll check that in a second. Uh, but it's the one about Troy losing her, her in, in, em, empathic powers and, and other things. So, uh, but it it's not been covered and I do like the fourth season. So we're going to do it today. I'll play that comment on it. Um, the uh, we're gonna talk about some other things, recent stuff that in the in the news of sci-fi, uh, other things been going on with me, some things I've watched recently, and the usual fun. So that's um the intro for you guys, the little teaser. Um, hopefully keep you listening. <laughs> oh boy, uh, it's been a tricky week or so. And uh, anyway, um, we'll be doing the uh, show right now. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the Men in Black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's trick flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Rico, and you're listening to Tracks in Sci-Fi. Okay, again, welcome. Welcome, one and all. Welcome, folks. Uh, I did not do a show last week. Uh, last weekend was a little weird. It's been a weird week or so for me. 
lot of things happening and, and stuff. And I don't really want to get into a lot of it on the podcast. Everything's fine. Uh, but um, so last weekend, I had a skip week. Two weeks ago was the last time I talked to you guys when we did the or uh, when I did the uh, live for 14th anniversary show via Twitch. You know, Twitch is a weird place. And each time I do one of those shows, um, I don't think I've had a chance to talk about it since the show. I guess I haven't. Uh, but um, it's it's fairly involved. You know, you can there's a lot of different ways you can stream live. You know, you can just use your phone. Um, but if you want to pull in clips from other things, which I do, um, you want to have sort of some um, control over, you know, showing video pictures, uh, the background, what, whatever you want to do. It, it's it's more than just holding up your phone and, and like streaming that that's the simplest way. So. Beyond that, you've got to use, uh, I use this OBS software, and each time, since I don't stream a lot like that live, I, I, I do it a few times a year. I usually do um, the anniversary show. I'll do something. Uh, I, I don't think, actually, the other shows I do, the vidcasts, I don't really do those live, do I? Like, I do a Christmas show usually like that, maybe Halloween. Um, I do a live, uh, uh, well, a video cast show for when I, after I go to, like, Comic-Con and that, but... I don't generally stream them, so there's a lot of stuff to do. Uh, it would be great. Those are the kind of shows that it would be great to have an assistant because it, it happened a couple times this time during the show, but um, I hadn't turned my mic back up. So I was playing these audio clips, or not audio, but um, video audio, you know, whatever. I, I was showing you um, stuff, Star Wars, uh, basically mashup videos and things. Star Wars trailers, and during those, I would I was muting my mic, and when I would come back, and it happened twice during the show, I, I forgot to unmute my mic, and so there, there are parts in that video show which I think is still it's still on Twitch. You can also see it on Vimeo, v i m e o dot com forward slash Trekkie. Twitch doesn't keep videos forever, so I save it and put it on Vimeo as well. It's not as high a quality look. Um, as my normal shows are, uh, it, it's still, even though um, those shows aren't really the, the super highest level of quality there. The one thing about doing video uh, is there, there's a few things when you stream, the quality, you know, kind of is a little off. But the other thing is lighting. I, I don't really, maybe some century, uh, I'll get some better lighting in, in my uh, Rico cave in the basement here to do video. But I typically end up being kind of dark, uh, and and then when you don't have enough lighting when you're doing video, it, it doesn't give you as nice a quality and, and a look, and it's not as crisp. But that's just side stuff, really. So, uh, so yeah, I forgot to turn the audio up, and I I really was enjoying talking about Star Wars and my feelings about it and the history of the of the franchise, and I had some really good points. I tried to say them when the, when I realized the mics were off. Uh, and I wasn't paying close enough attention to the chat, and people were sending me messages. Hey, Rico, your uh, your 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 mic is off, and uh, so I apologize about that. And I and I didn't really edit it out when I saved the file. I just left everything in. So uh, yeah, even after 14 years of podcasting, things like that happen. So not not a big deal. It's not like um, you know th this is some ABC broadcast show or something that needs to be perfect. But uh, and it just I, I think. Uh, you know, it adds to the fun, maybe. But um, And congrats again to Jen and Rick Pete for winning the prizes for the trivia contest. I didn't think they were super hard. Well, the Star Wars question, I think, maybe was a little tricky. Um, the Star Trek question, I think, was a little easier. But um, 
Maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, but um, but they're all on the show. If you guys didn't watch it, if anyone listening has not watched that, uh, please go over to Vimeo and uh, and watch some of the video stuff that's up on there. Some of the music videos, convention coverage, the live anniversary show, and leave a comment. Uh, you've got to, I think, probably register at Vimeo to do that. I don't think you can do it anon- anonymously. Uh, but uh, I appreciate that. Uh, the more views and the more comments there, the better. Uh, I And I also have it on YouTube. Or did, I don't think I put the live anniversary show, but I have a YouTube. I think it's Trek SF. Search for Trek SF on YouTube. I always forget about that because I use Vimeo more. Um, YouTube is just weird about... Um, Oh, gosh, anything you put up on YouTube, you know, if you've got a little music in it, uh, even again, I've said this before, even though you can watch literally uh, or listen to music, you know, whole soundtracks on there, you do a show and you put a little background music in it and you get like, you know, flagged and they drop it or, or whatever. It's it's. YouTube is just one of the weirdest internet places around, I, I feel. And it and it's I, I, I get it. They're big and they can do whatever they want. And sure. You know, technically, I don't own this, um, the you know, these clips or this music, but I, I'm I'm sort of a I'm covering it. I'm covering a subject. So you know, like like TV shows and, and things like that, and you know, those old movie review shows like Siskel and Ebert. So it, you know, I'm not really. It's not like I'm making a paycheck off of this. So so anyway, um, but Vimeo v i m e o dot com forward slash Trekkie is the best place for that. So. Uh, Okay, let's move on. Let me get a little uh, drink of tea. How's everybody doing? Take a take a breather yourselves. And uh, I was going to pause it, but I figure I can just do this. You know, it makes it more real, right? All right. So for the last two weeks, let's see. What have I been watching? What's been going on? Uh, I, I do like the summertime and, and, and the early fall. It gives me a chance to catch up on stuff. So I've kind of been been getting through some Netflix shows. There's um, <clears throat> there's this one with Katie Sackhoff. I think I talked about it already a little bit. Another Life. I finally finished that. It was only ten episodes. I know I'm slow. Um, I was probably only watching a couple a week, uh, but um, but anyway, I finally finished that, and and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's a little goofy at times. Uh, you know, it's about this mission that goes out, you know, and she's the, the the leader of the mission and they're going out in space from Earth and investigating this alien uh, thing. There was a little artifact that shows up on Earth and they go out to investigate where where they think it came from. Mostly it's it's showing both what's going on with the crew and on their on their way to this place and also a little bit what's going on back on Earth because there's one of these little artifact things on Earth. Uh, some of the people that I've seen comments about this show said the crew is kind of goofy and does some dumb stuff. And now I'm like, yeah, but, but I also think like if they were perfect, there wouldn't be much going on or drama, right? If they were just, you know, I think they went a little over overboard on the, these guys are kind of, <laughs> they're not really acting, acting like highly trained astronauts a lot of times, but I still enjoyed it. Katie Sackhoff certainly made it appealing and I thought she was really good in it. She's, um. She she's 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 quite a bit different, I feel, than like Starbuck or other characters she's played in the in this uh, in this series. And uh, really, Nico Breckenridge uh, is her name, the character's name. And um, of course, as Netflix goes, the uh, the show is ends up in a 
pretty big cliffhanger. There, the, things aren't resolved, and and I, I don't know if it officially got renewed for another season, but I really don't have any doubts. I think it was doing pretty well. I heard, so I don't have any doubts we're going to get another season. But speaking of that, when are we getting another season of Lost in Space? What's going on with that? I've been hearing some scary rumors, and I may ch- check Google and 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 when I take a break and, and see what's going on. I I heard some ideas that or some uh, thoughts that might it might not come back, and I really love that show. I thought that they did a great job. Very different than the original series from the 60s, but still um, a cool show and fun to watch. And the idea of a family uh, out in out in space, I, I find very appealing. I grew up on on reruns of Lost in Space, reruns of Star Trek. So those shows um, have a special place in, in my heart. And, and if they do that, I even enjoyed the Lost in Space movie, which was totally goofy. But there were some fun things in there. And they had some of the actors from the original series even show up. So, um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of that franchise. So, and so what was the other thing? Oh, I watched, um, I watched a movie last night, Peter Jackson's, it's called Mortal Engines, right? Yeah. So this came out, I think last holiday time, like, uh, in, in December. So, so almost a year ago now, a little less than a year ago. Uh, I didn't see it in the theaters. I, I heard mixed things about it. Uh, and I think, I don't know, I just, the holidays can be busy and, uh, I, I never saw it in the theater. Anyway, it's been on cable, uh, lately HBO. And so I watched it last night while I think it was an interesting concept and idea. I, I, the movie was just okay. In my mind, it wasn't great. Um, the effects were cool. Um, the, uh, the, the actors did a pretty good job. It, it, again, an interesting concept. I guess it's based on a book. Uh, but Peter Peter Jackson uh, did it, and uh, you can kind of see his sort of stamp on it a little. Uh, he actually uh, was like just sort of a behind the scenes executive producer type. He he didn't direct it, uh, which I thought was interesting. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you got cable still, and I don't know who does, or if you have HBO, at least HBO app or whatever, check it out uh, for for geeky fantasy nerds. Um, it's probably worth a watch still. Uh, I I think uh, it, it does have a cool idea and cool concept. It's 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 pretty neat looking and it has some new kind of um, things in it that you don't see in other movies. I felt like it 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 um, had a little bit of a John Carter feel to it from that John Carter movie from Disney, and I don't know how to explain that, but just there are some flying ships and uh, a lot of. Uh, a lot of things going on. So, uh, and, and the actors, one of the things that was um, pretty interesting in it is that one of the, the main guy actor in it, the young actor that's in it, uh, is, uh, I don't know the actor's name. I should look it up. But he, he was also in the Umbrella Academy, which I just also finished this summer on Netflix, which is a great show. I can't recommend that one enough. Watch the Umbrella Academy. They are doing a season two of that. Probably one of my favorite things I've seen this year. Um, just really, really loved it. And, uh, but the, yeah, the actor, one of the, one of the Umbrella Academy people is, is the main kind of protagonist guy in, in the, um, in this Mortal Engines movie, which I hadn't, I don't think I'd seen him in anything before that. He's a British guy, I think, at least he has an accent in both shows. So, although I think Umbrella Academy kind of toned it down more, the accent. Uh, anyway, so, uh, that's, uh, that's what I've been watching. That's what's been going on. And, uh. Some cool things, uh, and I, there there are some other things that I'm working my way through as well. 
trying to finish up a few things on Amazon Prime. Uh, I, I finally finished, watched the third episode. I don't know if I mentioned this, uh, of Black Mirror's latest season. They only had three episodes. I hadn't watched the last episode with Miley Cyrus is actually in it. And, and she did a pretty good job. And if you're a Black Mirror fan, um, you should watch it. I mean, Black Mirror is a tricky show for people, I feel. And I, I've even had my ups and downs with it. There are some really dark episodes in that series, uh, but it, it it also just about every episode of that series makes you think. And it's kind of this future technology based anthology series, kind of like Twilight Zone times 10, uh, a little more adult at times, uh, but uh, adult as in, you know, R rated even. Uh, but uh, just just keep that in mind, language and, and other things. But it is uh, it's always a show that always makes me think. And there are some of shows, some of those episodes that just really make you think like, wow, we're, we're really close to this thing, you know, whatever the thing is that they're talking about. So, uh, all right, we're roughly 15 minutes in. What else do I want to talk about? Uh, I guess, I guess we'll just do a little pitch for Patreon and then I think I'm just going to get right into the Trek episode. So, uh, patreon.com forward slash Treks and sci-fi, uh, sign up for a dollar to a month. Uh, I, I've been negligent lately. I got to update that page, like I keep saying, and I, I want to do more there and, and, and provide other content. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, I, I do appreciate we, September is the dues month for Treks and Sci-Fi for my hosting. So it's always helpful to have, um, people who can support the show. And you can also just send a donation in via PayPal. If you, you know, if you like the podcast and just want to send in a small donation via PayPal, there are links on treksandsci-fi.com. Uh, just go there and you'll find all the details. If you ever have a question about donating or anything doesn't work right, just email me at treksf uh, at gmail.com. Oh, the last thing I got this week, uh, one good thing this past week, um, I got to register for uh, Comic-Con for WonderCon and Comic-Con, although I probably won't go to WonderCon. I could probably only handle going to one big con a year. I don't I don't know, maybe two. Maybe next year I'll try to go to two. I, I, I've said forever I need to, go, need to go to the Vegas TrekCon in August, but it's so hard because it's only a couple of weeks after Comic-Con. So it's that's uh, tricky to do that, but um, but yeah, I got the invite to to register, which just means you sort of submit an app, a press application. I'm hoping, I mean, fingers crossed, hoping I'll, I'll get uh, accepted again as a press uh, person for Comic Con and and get to go next summer again to to San Diego. I, I had a blast this year. I, I probably. I don't know. Was first year better than second year? Or second year better? It, different. You know, the first year was uh, when I went two years ago. Uh, it was um, the first time I had gone. Uh, well, actually, actually, it wasn't necessarily two years ago. It was a year and a, a month ago, year and two months ago, uh, because I went in 2018 and then I went again in 2019. But this year, I, I think it was more I think I had a it was more pleasant and a, a more fun time because I knew what was going on. Although the first year, it's always going to be really hard to top uh, that Discovery Cast press event. They didn't really do one of those this year. They had a they had a big Star Trek panel in Hall H, which I, I didn't go to. Hall H, I've talked about. It's a monster. That's a lot of waiting to get into that. So, uh, but. <laughs> But that first year going to the Discovery press event was was just amazing, and I've, I've, who knows if I'll ever be able to go to that kind of a thing again. Maybe they'll have another. Maybe they'll do one for Picard next year. We'll probably by the time um, 
I, I would imagine by the time next July comes and, and uh, Comic-Con is here, Picard will have come and gone a little bit on CBS. Maybe we'll be into seeing season three of Discovery by that point. Probably, hopefully. So, um, yeah. So I've signed up for my press pass for Comic-Con, which is great, and looking forward to going again. Hopefully that'll all work out. I was even toying with looking at hotels already. Just I keep wanting to get a hotel that's closer to the con. That's been the hardest thing the last couple of times I've gone is the, is these hotels that are far away. This year, using the trolley thing wasn't too bad. It was probably better than the shuttle bus. I felt like it was a little easier in a way. It's straight shot. Um, quite a few people in the trolley at times, uh, you know, pretty packed. But um, the bus thing is, um, yeah, I, it, that was fine too, although I think it was quicker on the trolley for me. The bus uh, where I stayed at the hotel was further out, and I think it took a little longer, but... Uh, All right, enough about that. 20 minutes or so into the show. Let's get into this TNG episode called The Loss uh, from uh, season four, I think it is. I'll double check that right before I start playing the episode. And we'll comment as we go. So here we go with uh, TNG's episode, The Loss. All right, here we go. It's been uh, five months since Mark's accident. I haven't missed a single hour of my duties. I volunteered for extra time in the nursery. My language studies are better than they've ever been. Somebody else might have given in, but uh, I didn't. Given in to what? Death is a normal part of life. Maybe some of us are better at facing that than others. Maybe some of us aren't facing it at all. What do you mean? Recovery from a great loss involves a great deal of pain. If we try to avoid that pain, we can make it harder on ourselves in the long run. But I feel fine. Yeah, you don't. Today would have been your husband's 38th birthday. You keep excellent records, Deanna. Last night, I dreamt Mark was with me celebrating. I was so glad that this nonsense was finally over. Then I woke up, alone. So we're in with Troy, obviously, in a patient. And I knew that he was dead. For the first time, I knew it. I looked around for anything that belonged to him. Anything. I forgot that after the funeral, I told him to take it all away. This actress looks like Beverly Crusher. She's like, looks just like her. Red hair. It's really weird. Maybe a stand-in for Beverly. I don't know. So Troy goes over and gets this little box out of a cabinet. They didn't take everything away. How did you know? So I like this because you never really, you don't see Troy doing counseling very much, you know. An ancient which we had seen more of that. River in the Himalayas. Even with some of the For main actors, program. too. Well, it would do you good to have a little fresh, hollow deck air. Get the big guardsmanship is a little rusty for the Himalayas. But thanks anyway. Nonsense. Well, we program an appropriately docile steel. Devlin. Sensors indicate a vast field of... 
Of what, Lieutenant? It's gone. Well, something did appear directly in our path. Deflector shield did not encountering elevated levels of interstellar matter. A sensor echo data? Uncertain. I have no unusual readings, Commander. I promise I'll come by and see you tomorrow. So Troy is wincing Deanna, here. are you all right? What? What? You faded out there for a second. Oh, no, no, I'm fine. Um, I'm just very tired, that's all. Will I see you tomorrow? Tomorrow. Thank you, Deanna. Yeah, so Troy's, uh, like, holding your head. Oh! An aggregate field of plain polarized objects has just appeared. And disappeared. So it seems like... we run a diagnostic on the forward sense. Whatever's going on in the bridge and they're detecting is somehow influencing I'm not convinced it is a ghost. Counts there may be something there, Commander. Ensign Alibi. Full stop. Aye, sir. Let's investigate both possibilities. <sighs> so Troy kind of leans onto her like a little couch thing and passes out. All right, uh, let's dial it down here a little. Ah, oh, man, it's been a long time since I did a episode commentary type show fun especially tng with picard coming all right so this episode is the loss it is from season four episode 10 of that season space it first aired back on december 31st 1990 so almost almost 19 years old now it's continuing let's see the uh, story is by hillary j batter uh, the teleplays by Hillary J. Batter, Alan J. Adler, and Vanessa Green. Directed by Chip Chalmers. Uh, this episode's kind of a mixed bag a little bit, I feel. But there's some interesting things here. And I was reading some of the, the uh, entry on Memory Alpha, which is, you know, a great site to... Uh, I think my, my mic is a little low, sorry. Uh, I'll turn it up a little. Uh, Memory Alpha is a great site for info, and they, they talk about the you know how the episode was created, some of the reaction to it, um, memorable quotes, background info, and all. But um, they, uh, Rick Berman, like for example, says here, I pushed for this episode a lot. It was fascinating to me that someone would lose one of their senses, and but be able to explain it to others because the others don't have that sense. Like no one else is empathic that Deanna could talk to. If you were the only one, like in a in a colony that was a, a colony of sighted people, uh, or you were the only sighted person, sorry, in a colony of blind people, and you suddenly lost your vision, they'd be like, well, so what? But, all right, here we go. Sensor diagnostics have been completed and indicate that all systems are normal. So we've got a classic no episode two here where there's sort of two things going on, both the Troy thing and, and the thing that the I've bridge is detecting as well. There's this is no further indication of the anomaly. First time also we we don't see and Wesley in, in the episode or on the bridge cuz he left in this season just before this. So no um, uh, Wesley Crusher here. system in 6 days 13 hours 47 minutes. What no seconds? 
I have discovered, sir, a certain level of impatience when I calculate a lengthy time interval to the nearest second. However, if you wish... No, no. Minutes is fine. Stand ready at warp six, Ensign. Aye, sir. Engage. Well, that's not good. Riker Engineering, Jordy, what the hell happened? Checking. Looks like the field collapsed before we could enter warp. Recommend full stop while I check it out. Back to all stop, Ensign. Aye, sir. All decks reporting. Minor injuries only, sir. Damage? None, sir. Weapons and shields normal. Go to yellow alert. Captain, we've started moving again. Something is pulling us. Well, that can't be good. Come on. So we're back in Troy's quarters now, and she's, you know, obviously in a great deal of pain holding her head. Troy to Dr. Crusher. Yes, Deanna? Beverly, I'm feeling very dizzy. Did you hit your head? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened. Lie down, breathe deeply, and stay calm. Yes. I'm getting calls from all over the ship. I'll be there as quickly as I can. New heading confirmed. Zero two five. I mean, aren't there other doctors, degrees. nurses, anyone? Come on. Whatever's pulling There's a thousand people on that ship. Go ahead, Captain. Mr. LaForge, if your engines are functioning, we'll attempt to break. But of course, she's. Everything down here seems normal. She's the main doctor, right? Chief medical officer. So. Hanson, bring us around 90 degrees to starboard. New course laid in at 90 degrees to starboard. One quarter impulse. Engage. Aye, sir. Nothing, Captain. Speed and course are unaffected. One half impulse. They're not moving. No change. Full impulse. Full impulse. Rotate heading in five degree increments. Aye, sir. There's nothing wrong down here. The engines are fine. Integrity field stress exceeding 82 million kilodynes. Recommend immediate shutdown, sir. Make it so, Ensign. All engines down. We're still being pulled. Same heading, same speed. Hmm, well, what is going I got on? I as quickly as I could. I've got a sick bay filled with headaches. How are you? Well, when I first called you, I was feeling intense pain. Now it's gone, but I'm feeling a bit foggy. I'd like to take you to sick bay and run an internuncial series on you. Can you walk? All senior staff report to the observation lounge. Are you up to that? I think so. What is it? Nothing. Nothing, I'm fine. So she just gave Beverly like the weirdest look, like something's not right. And I think it's supposed to indicate, you know, she's not, she's not sensing any emotions or, you know, empath sort of empathic, you know, no other or normal things she feels from others. She feels what they feel, right? Mr. Wolf, what is your analysis? All right, so the Dr. Enterprise Wilson's is being pulled somewhere. They don't even give us enough for an educated guess. And yet all of our sensors are operating properly. Can there be an intelligence at work here? Counselor, you sense a life form out there? No, I don't think so. 
No, there's nothing. Nothing. I sense nothing. It's all right, Counsel. Perhaps there's nothing out there to sense. Indeed, there are many races that are not empathically detectable. The Breen, the Ferengi. No. The... You don't understand. I don't sense anything. Not out there, not in here. All of you, you're all blank to me. Uh-oh. You're all blank. No indication of a concussion or a blow to the head. Just a pattern of unresponsive neural cells throughout the cerebellum and cerebral cortex. Unresponsive? There's brain damage. How serious? I well, can't Well, that's not it. good. But I feel perfectly fine otherwise. Can you treat it? I'm not sure. I have to review the database on betazoid neurophysiology. The betazoid brain has a remarkable ability to heal itself. This condition could just reverse itself in time. It might. But you are half human. That changes the map a little. I don't want to offer you any false hopes. It's just hope, Beverly, not false hope. What would cause something like this? Because it started at the same time that we encountered the anomaly. There may be a connection, I don't know. Oh, those dreaded anomalies. If you were anyone else, you know the yeah. first thing I'd do? I'd send you to Counselor Troy. Well, then I have an advantage, don't I? I see her quite often. Deanna, it's no different than one of us suddenly going blind. You don't have to tell me, Beverly. I understand the psychology. You may understand it, but you've never had to live with it. I may be perfectly fine tomorrow. And you may not. Now, I'll do my homework. I'll see what I can do to regenerate those cells. But in the meantime, I want you to talk with someone. There are several people on board who have degrees in psychology who are qualified therapists. Okay, fine. If I need to. Right now, I just want to go back to work. Deanna. If there are no medical objections. Uh, no medical objections. Yeah, I'd be... Thank you, Beverly. Well... I'd probably feel pretty annoyed, too. It'd be like, you know, leave me alone. Fix me. Do something. I'm not a good patient myself, so. So they keep showing the Enterprise being pulled in a certain direction, but they can't obviously detect why or what's going on there. Come in. So we're back in, uh, I think this is Troy's office again, yeah. Which is pretty cool. They don't, don't show again this very much. If you'd like to talk. You know what the worst part of this is? And I've seen it happen to so many patients. What? The way other people change. How they start to treat you differently. <laughs> they walk on eggshells around you. Sometimes they avoid you altogether. Sometimes they become overbearing, reach out a helping hand to the blind woman. I'm sorry if I... I will not be treated that way! Hey! I'm sorry. Oh, please. Deanna, I've never seen you quite so scared. I'm fine. If I get better, I get better. If I don't, I'll adapt. Life goes on. She's doing just like her first patient did, right? She's kind of like in denial of it all. Deanna. 
I really have to finish this. I have some appointments this afternoon. Yeah. Imzadi, come on. Relax. You'll be okay. And, you know, but, uh, you know, most people react similarly when things happen to them. They, all those, what is it, the six or seven stages of grief or whatever you go through. So, you got Jordy and Data working on the problem here as the Enterprise drifts further, further away. Including Bayesian functions. Broad EM and subspace spectrum polling. Mm -mm, no change. I am adding virtual particle trajectories. Whoa. What is that? Unknown. I'm attempting to analyze motion pattern. So there's this sort of Results field of like of matter or stars sort of showing on the like monitor. That, I was skin diving off the coral reefs at Brinkus 5. You said you woke up a new woman this morning. That's how I feel. Tell me about her, this new woman. She's uh, not holding anything back anymore. She's not. Oh, I let it all out last night. I cried for two hours. I realized that I had never accepted the loss of my husband. I worked hard, I kept busy. I did everything to pretend it never happened. And you feel different now, completely. Can I share something important with you? Of course. I've temporarily lost my empathic sense. It's kind of like having one hand tied behind your back. I'm so sorry. Do you want me to come back? No, no, I'm fine. It's just, I feel before we continue, it's important that you know that, okay? All right. Because I can't tell how you're feeling this morning, but it seems to me that one night of crying can't make up for months of denial. No, you're wrong. I feel better today than I have in ages. You're absolutely wrong, Deanna. Yeah, yeah. One one day, just flip a switch, you know. The probe's point of view reveals that the objects exist entirely in two dimensions, on a single plane. They have length and width, but not height. Virtually flat. That is why the ship's forward sensors did not detect them initially. We were looking at them along their edge. There was no surface to read. I will illustrate. Yeah, it seems hard for me to think that all those particles would be all on a single plane, but I guess whatever, you know. Are they a life form? The movement pattern within the cluster is not a naturally occurring phenomenon in the Newtonian sense. They appear to be alive. Can you explain why they're pulling us along with them? Somehow they're able to polarize the graviton field as they move about. We're caught in the wake. How do we get out of it? Best idea for now is to try a controlled overload of the warp drive. Jump directly to warp six. The laws of a three-dimensional universe say it should work. Don't know about a two-dimensional universe, though. Ah. 
fascinating. So many questions. How can a two-dimensional entity have access to a three-dimensional universe? And yeah. Are they aware of us? And then also, like, how are they affecting Counselor Troy? Number one. Really, it seems weird. You know, a bit of a reach. This further as soon as we're free of the graviton field. It's a shame we can't tell if they're sentient. What do you mean by that? I'm doing the best that I can. No one suggested otherwise, Counselor. Mr. Data, try to isolate any signal patterns from the cluster. Perhaps there'll be a basis for communication. Miss LaForge will attempt your warp jump as soon as you're prepared. That'll be all. Counselor. The other thing that I think is interesting about this episode that fascinates me is is it really brings to light like how much Troy how are you feeling? was it Beverly, you know how much she much counts job. on this lost. empathic sense of hers. Something. I cross-referenced your scan results with the baseline files in the computer. Nothing helpful has turned up, and so far the lab work is inconclusive. Inconclusive? What does that mean? It means we don't know there anything. Is nothing I can do now. I am still trying. How do you people live like this? We get by pretty well, actually. And so will you, in time. You have no idea. No idea what this is like. How can you know what it's like to lose something you never had? I don't claim to. And yet you're telling me that I'm supposed to get used to it. If our positions were reversed, what would you tell me? If our positions were reversed, I wouldn't have been in here treating skinned elbows while you were lying passed out on your office floor. I'd have been there a lot sooner, perhaps in time, to prevent this from ever happening. Uh-oh. Slam. Ouch. Yeah, send another doctor next time. Send Nurse Agawa or whatever her name is. But again, like I said, uh, I, I like the fact that we get to see how much this sense is important to Troy and how much it um, is a part of her. I think that's one of the best parts of this episode is that you get to learn how it wasn't just her, like when the captain would say, hey, counselor, what do you what do you sense out there? What do you feel? She always has this thing kind of turned on in a way. And it's a big part of I've how she uh, with Ensign Brooks since how she operates and, and deals with people. She's avoided the reality of what happened, denied it to herself. And I realize I've been doing the same thing about my condition. It's perfectly understandable. It's time I accept the truth, Captain. And resign as ship's counselor. Resign? I can no longer fulfill my obligations. What other option is there? Diana, I've been fortunate to have access to your Betazoid abilities. Most starship captains have to be content with a human counselor. Empathic awareness is not a requirement of your position. It is for me. I'm sure that after a while you'll be able to adjust. They say when one loses a sense, the other senses become stronger to compensate. Um, a blind man develops better hearing. With uh, all due respect, Captain, you don't know what you're talking about. That is a common belief with no scientific basis. No doubt created by normal people who felt uncomfortable around the disabled. I am disabled, 
and I'm telling you, I cannot perform my duties. There was a, in the, in the background for this episode, there was an idea to keep her like this. Uh, they throw, they tossed around that idea, but of course that's not what ends up happening. Captain, spare me the inspirational anecdote and just accept my resignation. Well, okay, and the Enterprise keeps getting pulled along, uh, but um, but again, I uh, I do like the way this is kind of handled for the most part. I, I think it makes pretty good sense. I think it fits. Um, I think it's quick though to react. It's only been what a day. I really would it's rather like, be alone right now. Maybe it's going to go away. Maybe just take a temporary okay. leave of absence. You know. Is this how you handle all your personnel problems? Sure. You'd be surprised how far a hug goes with Jordy or Worf. Will, I don't know what to do. So you resign. You walk away from all the people who care about you. I look around me and all I see are surfaces without depth. Colorless, hollow. Nothing seems real. I'm real. No, you're not. You're a projection. With, with no more substance to me than a character on the hollow deck. I don't believe that. The thing that's weird here is a little you is, is no like, she knows these people, how right? frightening it is. So it would be different if she walked into a room with strangers and felt like this. Without sensing you, But she knows feelings. Riker. She knows Picard. She knows how they operate, <laughs> how they feel, think. That's it, isn't it? We're on equal footing now. What? You always had an advantage. A little bit of control of every situation that must have been a very safe position to be in. To be honest, I'd always thought there was something a little too aristocratic about your Betazoid heritage. As if your human side wasn't quite good enough for you. That isn't true. Isn't it? LaForge to Riker. Go ahead, Jordy. We are ready to attempt a controlled overload jump to warp six. Acknowledged, I'm on my way to the bridge. I'll check in on you later. Really, you don't have to. I will check in on you later. There's a good parallel, obviously, too, here to this patient she was seeing, you know, this one who lost her husband, and it was kind of de denying it and pretty messed up. And, and now Troy's kind of the same way. Setting new course at optimal shearing angle, bearing 217 mark 203. Engaging impulse engines now. 
LaForge. Go to war. Aye, sir. Status? Unchanged. We have not broken free of the Graviton field. Integrity field pressure has increased by 217%, Captain. That's probably Warning. not good. Differential stress will stop. exceed upper limit in 15 seconds. Disengage all engines. Warning. Differential stress will exceed upper... Engines disengaged, sir. Report, LaForge. Not good. The energy we wanted to transfer to the nacelles was absorbed by the graviton wake instead. It set up a torsional wave that rebounded back to the ship. We're lucky the hull is still in one piece. This little nuisance is beginning to lose its fascination. Sir, during our attempt to break away, I recorded a momentary alteration in the movement pattern within the cluster. You think we got their attention data? Perhaps, but just for an instant. The pattern immediately returned to its previous dynamic. Follow up on it, Mr. Data. Input your observations into the Universal Translator. Aye, sir. Perhaps these movements themselves are an attempt at communication. One of the things I was thinking about during this is like, couldn't they just try to go towards the the way it's being they're being pulled? Maybe if they just go towards it and past it, they can get free. You know, they'll hit sort of like an eye of the storm. Didn't mean to startle you. <sighs> So now we're in that right. ten forward with uh, Troy and Guinan. May I? Sure. So Guinan brought her a little something to drink, and uh, sits you down. Really getting used to it? No. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> no. Good. I get so tired of people coming in with their problems. <laughs> Come in, they want a shoulder to cry on, and generally it turns out to be mine. You'd make a good counselor. I think so, too. So I'm going to talk to Picard about it. About what? You becoming counselor? Well, yes, you're leaving. That means there won't be a counselor on board. And I suppose I'll have a very long line at that bar. It would be nice to have a nice office, too. It's more than just letting them cry on your shoulder. It takes an enormous commitment. I can do that. Guinan, people come to talk to you about things they want to reveal. As ship's counselor, you have to get them to talk about things they don't want to reveal. I could do that too. What are you Ah, come on, figure it out. What is she doing? Come on. You You're don't smart. really want to be ship's counselor. Oh, sure I do. What would make you say that? I just know you're not serious. Have I given you any indication that I might not be serious? Not really, but... Then how do you know? Are your empathic abilities coming back? Aha. Uh -huh. No. See? I suppose it's just instinctive. I get it. You're trying to make me see that I have other abilities to draw on. Human intuition. Instincts. Guinan, those skills only develop after years of experience. It's not that easy. No one said it was easy. It's much harder than you think. Human intuition and instinct are not always right. But they do make life interesting. So, so I'm discovering. Yeah. 
you just got to adapt a little. But um, but again, I, I feel like she reacts pretty quick to this whole situation, right? But it is an only 45-minute episode, so that doesn't leave them a whole lot of time to play around with it, which, um, you know. Problem data? Yes, Commander. Sensors are detecting highly accelerated interstellar gases. Suggesting? Uncertain, sir. The phenomenon is within visual range. On screen. Magnify. I guess this idea of Troy losing her empathy too was something they be a cosmic string fragment. They pitched every season. Only they thought it would be an interesting concept, and so they finally did it here. A cosmic string? No wider than a proton, but with gravitational fields as powerful as a black hole. Two-dimensional beings seem to be caught in the gravitational pull of the string. Their course is taking them directly toward it. And us right along with it. So obviously they're all being pulled to this Lawrence, cosmic Stardate string thing, which is a, a, began as a, curious a physics, uh, turned into you know, a serious astrophysics threat. At current speed, the two-dimensional beings and the Enterprise will be drawn into the cosmic string fragment in seven hours. The entities offer no indication they are aware of the string fragments, sir. Their course and speed remain constant. Sir, I recommend we fire a spread of photon torpedoes into their field. Yeah, do that. Do it. As we destroy them to save ourselves. It is unclear what effect a photon torpedo would have on two-dimensional beings, sir. Nevertheless. Well, we wouldn't necessarily have to fire at them. Half a dozen photon torpedo bursts directly in their path could make them change course. I get so. But are they being pulled to that cosmic Torpedo's stream armed. Uh, intentionally or set. unintentionally? Detonation at seven kilometers ahead of the cluster. Data launch another probe, patch the monitor through to the main viewer. Probe is launched. On screen. Proceed, Mr. Wall. Launching torpedoes. Detonation in five seconds. Three, two, one. There is no change in the graviton field. The torpedoes are having no effect, sir. Huh. That's not good. Fire another volley. Directly into that field, Mr. Wharf. Launching torpedoes. Detonation in five seconds. Three, two, one. Matter-antimatter explosions appear to be ineffective, sir. Well, that's not good. Maybe you can do something to the cosmic string instead. So Troy's mm -hmm. putting all these pads in a little box here or something. Janet, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to cancel your appointment today. Actually, I'm resigning as ship's counselor. Why? I think it was fairly clear during your last appointment it was obviously non-productive. I couldn't sense what you were feeling. Deanna, you were right about me. I had to go back and look at what I was doing, see why I was trying to convince myself and you that I was a new woman. You made me realize I was doing exactly the same thing to myself as I was before, trying to hide from the pain. 
Maybe you couldn't sense what I was feeling, but you helped. Aha. Oh man, Picard's holding that little crystal on his desk, Come. which I barely ever noticed in all these episodes. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> you wanted to see me, Captain? Yes, Counselor. Sit down, please. The situation has become critical. The cluster remains completely unresponsive. We have not been able to alter its course towards the cosmic string fragment. How much time do we have? Less than five hours. Which is why I have called you. Sir? All that remains is the possibility of communication. There might be some way that we can warn them of their impending destruction. I thought Data had already tried to establish communications through the Universal Translator. He has tried every technical means at our disposal to reach them. I wish I knew how to help, Captain. But under the circumstances... If there is a psychology to these creatures, we must discover it. If there is an explanation for their behavior, we must know what it is. Even in your current condition, you are the most qualified person aboard this ship to assist. Data is in observation, attempting to formulate a strategy. I want you to join him. Diana. We need you. Yeah, so that's an interesting log supplemental twist. If our speed yeah. and course remain unchanged, in one hour, the Enterprise will be torn apart by the gravitational forces of the cosmic string fragment. Are your signals reaching them? Possibly. However, the beings may perceive them as negligible noise rather than an attempt at communication. Is there any evidence at all that they're sentient? Negative. The nature of their movement suggests a simple order of intelligence. I'm sorry, Data. I don't seem to be much help without my empathic abilities. I just don't know how to draw on my human instinct. As I do not have human instinct per se, I cannot advise you, Counselor. Yeah, data right manages now, pretty well. He comes up with ideas. I feel as two-dimensional as our friends out there. In the universe, but barely aware of it. Just trying to survive. On instinct. Data. What if they're simply acting instinctively? There are inherent inborn forces in every species. What they need, what they fear. We have to discover what drives this species. I do not believe there is any way we can know for certain, Counselor. We can speculate on the available evidence. The only evidence we have at present is the brief interruption in their movement pattern during our last attempt to break away. Which may suggest some kind of awareness of our presence. Otherwise, their course and speed have been constant. On a straight line to the cosmic string. You're convinced the string's gravitation is pulling them in? 
Because the cluster is two-dimensional, I do not have enough direct evidence to support that assumption. However, it is the most reasonable hypothesis. Why? It is unlikely they would intentionally move toward a destructive force. Moths fly toward a flame. Horses sometimes run into a burning barn. Data, don't you see? We've been thinking in three dimensions. We have to get two-dimensional. Pardon me? Subspace signals, photon torpedoes, nothing's had an impact. It's reasonable to wonder if a gravitational pull, even as strong as a cosmic strings, would affect them. Please, continue. What if they've chosen a course to the cosmic string? A case of pure stimulus response, driven by instinct, just like the moth to a flame. If Counselor Troy's supposition is correct, a replica of the string projected behind the cluster could induce them to reverse course, disrupting the graviton wake long enough for us to escape. How do you simulate a cosmic string? It has the gravitational force of a hundred stars. I do not suggest simulating the gravitational field of the string fragment, rather the string's vibration. Vibration? We're not talking about a violin, Data. No, Data's right. The principle is still the same. A cosmic string emanates a characteristic set of subspace frequencies as atomic particles decay along its event horizon. I could use the ship's parabolic dish to amplify and reflect those frequencies back toward the cluster. The Enterprise itself would echo the cosmic string. How much time do we have, Mr. Wolf? 23 minutes, sir. Make it so. So they're giving them basically another target, another bait. Frequency They're, scan um, detectors. Piece of bait. Engaged. Receiving. Only trouble is, why would they choose Data. it over their current across the entire electromagnetic and lower subspace spectrum. They would have to make it more to isolate. powerful or something, right? Data, can you focus the reflector field for me? That's a noisy noise. I am differentiating particle emission signatures now. Good. Good that's doing it. Patterns are converging. That's some strange noise. Ah, uh, we're gonna use the deflector dish. Same course, same speed. No change, sir. We are beginning to encounter the gravitational effects of the string. Impact is in four minutes. Sir, sheer force turbulence is impairing our ability to create an accurate simulation. Jordy, fire up the impulse engines. Activate the ship's stabilizers. Stabilizers on. Electromagnetic and subspace wave fronts approaching synchronization. Seems like they should have the stabilizers on always, but... Three minutes to impact. Status. The cluster is unaffected. Same course, same speed. Let's try turning up the volume. Increase the intensity, Mr. Data. Increasing by 50%. Yeah, see, there you go. You need a, you need a stronger signal out there that they'll, they'll go towards instead of their current you know, target. They're slowing. Graviton Wakefield is collapsing. Miss LaForge, get us out of here. With pleasure, sir. The beings have resumed their course into the string. Three seconds to impact. Troy kind of feels weird again on the bridge this time, but, uh, It's all right. They're home. We were wrong. 
The cosmic string was never dangerous to them. It was the one place in the galaxy they most wanted to be. Deanna. Yes. I sensed it. Such overwhelming intensity of emotion. When we first encountered them, it must have been more than my senses could process. A short circuit. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, Beverly. Apology accepted. Therapists are always the worst patients. Except for doctors, of course. Come by and see me at my office later, okay? I was so awful to her. Well, you were just being human. So they're all in 10 forward now, obviously. And how rewarding it is to be human. But I had a lot of help. Thanks. Now, is that counselor position still open aboard ship? It's been taken. I just thought I'd ask. Better hours. Excuse me. And you. Thank you for making me face my other half. Frightening, wasn't it? A little. You were right, though. There is something to be learned when you're not in control of every situation. Welcome to the human race. By the way, the next time you call me aristocratic... Yeah, so Riker leaned in for a kiss and she kind of stopped him there at the last second. But this, you know, I think this is a good turning point, really, for the two of them. You know, heading towards being uh, a couple and all that, again. So there we go, with The Loss from Season 4 of TNG. Dial down this music, which is going to end in a second when they... Netflix in 12 seconds goes on to the next episode. So we'll fade it down, make it a real nice fade away. There we go. Anyway, um, we'll close off Netflix. Let's go back to Memory Alpha and a few other comments that they have here about this episode. So um, the, uh, you know, Cosmic Strings is an interesting concept. Uh, they, I guess Troy mentions them again in a few other episodes, like in Disaster. Um, and uh, the the other thing that comes out in this episode is, is it's kind of implied that Counselor Troy is the only empath aboard the Enterprise. Uh, because, of course, if they had another one, they would have tried to um, use um, use them for this to help, uh, to help uh, with the situation that happened here. The biggest thing that I think is interesting about this episode is this idea that they... Um, they were toying with this thing of, of possibly keeping Troy like neutered or, uh, you know, without her abilities. And uh, the fact that she just temporarily lost, loses them, I think, is better. I, I think overall, I, I think to, to permanently disable her would have been a little weird. You know, TNG uh, tried pretty hard to to show disabilities on the show. Obviously, we have Jordy with his visor and, and for the for the blind out there and uh one of the things that the, the comments here that Marina Sirtis says that many fans with disabilities uh, reacted very warmly to this episode uh, because they, they said people can't really understand what it's like to have, uh, 
you know, maybe they can't, you know, if you're, you're a disabled person that maybe has, um, you know, are, you're blind or you can't hear or, or maybe have a, some physical disability like can't walk or whatever that no one can really understand that, you know, except for, uh, uh, you know, someone else is disabled and maybe disabled in the same way. I, I think it's interesting that we always people seem to think you can you can really understand others. And I don't think you can ever really completely understand other people, uh, you know, super well. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, you know what, after watching this again, I'm going to, I'm going to notch it up a little bit. I, I think this is actually a pretty good episode. Um, I think it gets a little bad press. Um, I mean, anytime you get into counselor Troy and, you know, her touchy feely kind of thing about, uh, you know, her empathic sense, it, it, it can come off a little weird, but I, overall, I think this is pretty good. And, uh, it, it maybe it's just cause I haven't seen TNG in a while. Uh, but it's fun to, um, it's fun to watch. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, season four, the loss, there you go. So, um, I think I'm just going to run right into, uh, closing out the show this week. Uh, thanks everyone for downloading and listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. Uh, very much appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't do this much anymore, but if you enjoy the podcast and you've never ever put up a review on iTunes, please do so. Uh, or whatever podcast review places that are out there. I keep hearing iTunes is going to go away, which, I don't see how that's even possible. Uh, <laughs> I just don't get it. Uh, but um, but anyway, thanks again, folks. And uh, patreon.com forward slash treks and sci-fi to support the show. And next week, uh, I'm going to reach out to a couple of uh, guest hosts and see if someone can guest host for next week. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks. I think my plan in a couple of weeks when I'm back is to do a fall preview show, talk about the uh, new fall TV season, what's coming up uh, on, on television both returning shows and some new things. I don't know how many like new like um, sci-fi fantasy things are coming on television this year, but I'll I'll look into it. I just got an Entertainment Weekly, which is turned into Entertainment Monthly now, even though it's still called Entertainment Weekly. But it's got a whole whole fall preview issue, and I'll flip through that by the next show uh, when I talk about the fall um, TV season. So, again, thanks everyone. Enjoy your week. Stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye bye. This has been a Rico Dosti podcast production.